How you manage external stress is really critical in relationships. This includes stress from work, neighbors, extended family, and successful couples do something differently. They buffer their relationships from these outside stresses by becoming one another's ally. And today, in our show today, we're going to be showing you how. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So we've got another really important episode, I think, to share with you guys today. Absolutely. It can really make a difference in your relationship. Today, we're going to be exploring the incredible power of stress-reducing conversations in relationships. This is a secret ingredient that has the potential to really elevate your connection, to improve intimacy, and to increase the trust between you and your partner. So one of the things that I that I've talked about in the past and I talked to Sharla about this is just as guys, we we armor up when we go to work, when we leave the house. And it sort of protects us from those fiery darts. It protects us from the quote feedback that we get from the people we're working with. And also just a way to kind of protect our, our inner selves and and it gives us this hardened exterior. Mm. But it it weighs a lot. And I'll say oftentimes in speaking to men, some of the problems that, that they have is that they're not able to take that armor off mm-hmm. when they get home. Charlotte helps me do that because she greets me and, and we have a ritual, which we like to talk about rituals, where we talk about it, our day with each other. And and today we're going to talk about how that goes and and how you can help each other take this armor off that that we have built up to protect us from the outside world, yet we need to take off so that we can get close and connect inside our homes. Exactly. So, all right. So check this out. There's this really interesting phenomenon that happens in couples therapy. In a lot of couples therapy, there's a relapse effect. The couple might make gains during therapy, but then three to five years down the road, they're just as unhappy as they were before they started. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just true in couples therapy. This is true across the board in all kinds of therapy. It's a phenomenon that happens in lots of fields of health, wellness, medicine, I think only about 50% of patients actually follow through and take their medication. So this isn't just exclusive to couples therapy, but it is a problem. Specifically in the medical field and even and even within the counseling world, a lot of people have tried to study and also solve this relapse problem. And, and it's really a, you know, what to do about it kind right. of a thing. But what's most interesting and the thing that we can learn by studying those people who didn't relapse, those couples who stayed strong, is what did they do differently? Right. There's a lot to learn there. And the major difference is that couples who did not relapse all had a method of soothing one another's stress. Mm, okay. They had these regular conversations that were not just about the problems that they were having in their relationship, but they were conversations about the external stresses that were outside the relationship. Things like work, goals, extended family, friends, neighbors, anything that caused or created frustration outside the relationship. 
And then they buffered their relationship from these outside external stresses by becoming one another's ally. And I think that's important, this whole ally thing. I think, which is why one of the tenets of our coaching program is teamwork, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's how can we come together and work together as a team? Charlotte and I have always felt that as long as we're pulling in the same direction, there's absolutely nothing that, that can get in our way. And so right. having these conversations cultivated in these couples, a greater sense of teamwork in their relationship. And these conversations are called stress-reducing conversations. Exactly. And based on the research by Neil Jacobson, we now know that having stress-reducing conversations absolutely prevents relapse. There it is. Couples who were successful in maintaining gains after couples therapy were able to effectively manage this spillover of stress from from causing damage and problems in their relationship. Yeah, and this is magic for a number of reasons, but as we have these stress stress reducing conversations, it it deposits these credits into your emotional bank account. Simply being present for your partner during stressful times can can make substantial deposits in your emotional bank account and also prevent feelings of isolation and loneliness between the two of you. Okay, so imagine for a moment that you and your partner are standing on the edge of a vast battlefield. Okay. The world is hurling challenges, stressors, and hardships at you. Sounds like every day. (laughs) It does. But instead of facing them alone, you have each other by your side. Yes. So by engaging in stress-reducing conversations, you reinforce that powerful message that it's us against the world. Absolutely. So let's Let's dive a little deeper into exactly what stress-reducing conversation looks like. So I want you to imagine that these conversations are your sanctuary or protection from the world, a dedicated space where you and your partner can unload your burdens and your worries about everything that's been going on. It's a conversation that's focused on active listening and emotional support, not problem solving. Right. Let's bring this concept to life with a real life story. So meet Mark and Sarah. Okay. A married couple who've been together for seven years. And lately they've been really feeling overwhelmed by the demands of work and family responsibilities and this constant juggling act of everyday life. Yep. However, instead of letting these stresses drive them apart, they've started prioritizing having these stress reducing conversations to see how this would help. So this is the process for Sarah and Mark's stress reducing conversations. Sarah will take the lead this time. She begins by talking about her long and challenging day at work, sharing her frustrations and expressing how drained she feels. Mark listens attentively, creating a safe space for her to release her pent up emotions. And as Sarah finishes speaking, it's now Mark's turn to share. Mm -hmm. He opens up about the mounting pressures that he's been experiencing and the weight that's on his shoulders. Sarah leans in, she maintains eye contact, and shows genuine interest in understanding his perspective, offering her unwavering support. So they've established this unspoken rule during these conversations to have no unsolicited advice. Mm -hmm. Instead of jumping in with immediate solutions, which is my favorite thing to do, Mm -hmm. they've discovered the power of just being present and also empathetic. Yeah, They've realized that sometimes the greatest gift they can give each other is simply a listening ear and a compassionate heart. Yeah, so important. 
Now, imagine that you're hiking through a dense forest with your partner and suddenly your partner stumbles on, say, a rock or a fallen log that's blocking their path and they're laying there on the ground. Instead of immediately throwing suggestions and ways that they can get up and navigate around this obstacle, you simply offer your hand, letting them know that you're there to support and to guide them through this obstacle. In stress-reducing conversations, it is the same. Your role is to offer a comforting presence and a safe space for your partner to share. And the way you listen and communicate in this conversation determines whether the conversation is actually stress-reducing. So let's talk exactly about how to do it. Yeah, because we don't want to make it stress-promoting, right? right? So how do we do these conversations? Well, there's a number of do's and don'ts, and let's go through... The first thing you want to keep in mind is that these conversations are only for the external stresses, not the problems within the relationship, Right. which actually takes off a ton of pressure because neither of you are the actual target in these conversations. This is not usually a problem that is between you. Nope. So both partners will get a chance to speak and also be the listener. Let's start by talking about the listener's job. Because being the listener is the most important and also I find sometimes the hardest. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's so important. And there really is an art of listening. If you listen first to understand and keep your opinions to yourself, it gives the other person the feeling that they have actually been heard. And oftentimes that's really all that people need is they just want to That's all they need. Yeah. Okay, so when you're the listener, the number one thing you must avoid is trying to solve your partner's problems unless they specifically ask you for help. Yeah. Listening without giving advice is really hard for most of us, mm-hmm. including me. Especially you. But it's the part that you have to do. Yeah. This is not the time for advice. This is not the time to tell your partner what he or she needs to be doing differently in their career or with their job. It is not the time to tell them that they need a better mindset or how they need to stop worrying about what the neighbors think. Because honestly, most likely your spouse doesn't need the advice. They don't want the advice. They probably already know what they need to do. What they need is to be able to release this built up of pressure and to know that you're their ally, to know that you're on their team. So as a listener, you just want to let them unload, offload all their worries and concerns for, I don't know, what, 10 to 15 minutes? Yeah, 10 minutes is usually good. Yeah, 10 minutes is good. And during this time, there's a few more things you want to make sure that you're doing. So first, you want to make sure that you're showing genuine interest. So that means don't let your mind wander. Don't let your eyes wander. Rather than tuning out or multitasking or running a checklist or to-do list in your mind, be fully present in the moment and and maintain that eye contact. So put down your phone, maybe. Oh, good idea. Yeah, put down your phone. Definitely. You also want to communicate that you're present and understand. You may wish at times to ask clarifying questions like, wow, that's really upsetting. Can you tell me more about that? Or what else is bothering you about this situation? And demonstrate understanding by saying things like, wow, that's that sucks. That's, that's pretty disappointing that that would happen to you. That's hard. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And now... The next piece, this is a really big mistake that couples make in having these conversations. During these conversations, it's crucial to take your partner's side. Absolutely. Even if you think their perspective is flawed, Mm -hmm. 
you have to resist the urge to oppose or criticize. Yes. This is the time to be emotionally supportive, not self-righteous. Right. And also never side with the enemy or the opposition. If there is a problem, for example, with your partner's boss, do not side with the boss. Do not defend the boss. Do not say, oh, come on. He's not that bad. You're just making a big deal about it. He actually seems like a really great guy to me. And it's not that we're suggesting that you need to be dishonest. What we're saying is it's all about right time and right place for that kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. And right now is the time to be emotionally supportive, period. Yes, good point. And then the next important piece is that you empathize and validate whatever emotion your partner is feeling. Absolutely. So what does that sound like? How do we do that? Well, if if your partner is fearful, you could say, yeah, wow, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried as well. Mm-hmm. If your partner is irritated or angry, you could say like, yeah, i I totally understand why you would be annoyed in that situation. Right. So imagine it this way. Imagine your partner caught in a storm of emotions, desperately seeking shelter. And by validating their feelings, you become their safe haven. You acknowledge the intensity of what they're feeling and their experiences without necessarily having to agree with every decision or every action that they took in that situation. So- much like being heard and understood when people feel validated, their stress also goes down because they don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. Humans, by our very nature, are pack animals. We need each other and we need to depend on one another. Yeah. And again, you can still do this part without necessarily agreeing with their behavior. Absolutely. For example, let's say you know your partner, your spouse is late to work and chewed out in front of everyone. Everyone hears it and your partner's feeling angry and humiliated. Well, maybe your partner's always late and this is pretty normal. Rather than- Could be. Rather than being kind of dismissive and saying something like, well, you know, you are always late and it is kind of frustrating for all of us when you're always late. That's not gonna go well. And So even though you know their behavior maybe is a little bit wrong, you can still- validate and connect with the emotions. How would I do that? So you could say something like, well, that must have been incredibly embarrassing for you. Ugh. Right. And it would have been. That's true. And you yeah. can agree with that piece of it without yeah. saying, without needing to point out the fact that, you know, they are always late. That's actually really good. Yeah. So this way you validate their emotions without judging their behavior. Remember, validation does not mean condoning that behavior. It just means showing empathy and understanding. And then finally, the last piece as the listener is to try to show affection and comfort in some way. This lets your partner know that they're not alone and that whatever it is that they're facing, you'll face it together. You know, a good way to do this is by touch. Holding a hand, cuddling, or a long hug after the conversation can really make a huge impact. There's good research on that too, right? Yeah, Tiffany Field did some research on comforting touch, and it's really amazing. Touch releases oxytocin and it that in turn soothes people. It helps people to combat stress and to combat depression. I love the oxytocin. Mm-hmm. They call it the super glue for marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So that's the listener's job. What, what is the speaker supposed to do here? So as the speaker, it's, it's pretty simple. What you're really trying to do is just to describe what it is that you're feeling at, with, with as much detail as possible and do that for 10 to 15 minutes and then provide an opportunity to switch roles and allow and allow the other person to be able to vent about their day. Okay. So 
this is great, all this, but it, it sounds a little complicated. How would you make this into something that would be a part of a daily activity? This We should do this every day? I, we should, you know, and we kind of love our rituals. We Oh, we love our rituals. You guys mm-hmm. know that if you've been listening. So with every one of our coaching clients, we ask them to have stress-reducing conversations every day for 20 minutes as part of their ritual for how they greet each other after work. Yeah. Maybe your spouse gets home from work every day at 6.30 or... And maybe when he or she pulls in, you could get out to the garage and say, hey, tell me about your day. You know, one of the things that we do often is that Robert will Robert will call me or he'll text me when he's on his way home from work, which is only about five minutes away. (laughs) And he'll say something like, hey, you want to go get a drink, which is our way to, you know, go decompress from the day. And so I usually will walk out to the driveway. I'll hop in his truck and then we'll just go do nothing. You know, we'll go grab a tea or a soda or flavored water and we'll drive around a little bit and we'll just decompress and share about our day. So that's a ritual that we love to do. And it's not always about sharing our struggles when we have these little car drives, but. That's true. A lot of the times it's, we're sharing these really positive experiences that we have as well. And in doing so, if we're sharing the exciting things, the good things, the positive things, we can still follow these exact same steps. So maybe we should review the steps. Yeah. I mean, it's still important to be an active listener in any conversation, right? right? So don't give unsolicited advice. Right. And communicate your understanding that let them know that you're understanding what they're saying. And always, always take your partner's side in these stress relieving conversations. And validate the emotions. Even if you're not agreeing with the behavior, you can validate the emotions, whether positive or negative. And really work hard at maintaining solidarity. You're in this together and it's us versus the world. That's right. And express affection with touch. So again, just hold the hand, give a hug. Some kind of affection goes a long way. So this this works for all positive and negative emotions. But if you remember from our last episode, Listening to your partner's negative emotions really builds trust. Every time you soothe one another's stresses, you build trust and you deposit into your emotional bank account. I love that. So as we now start to wrap up this episode, we invite you to embrace this transformative potential of stress-reducing conversations. And we invite you to make it a daily ritual to ask about one another's day and really create this sacred space for sharing, for understanding, and for support. So just remember that having these conversations, they're not just about like checking an item off the list, like, oh, I have to do this to be happy. Mm-hmm. You're investing in your relationship. These conversations that add deposits into your emotional bank account, the more we add positive deposits into our bank account, the more we deepen our connection and trust with our partner. Right. And that way, when we have the emotional savings in our account to withstand some of the harder things, that come at us. And, and that's the whole point of having an emotional bank account is that life does throw and hurl these hard things. But when we have this buildup of deposits, trust, right, love, then we can, then we can handle it. Like yeah. you said earlier, we can do anything when we're together. We can do anything. So thank you for joining us today. Yes. If this episode resonated with you, remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It really, really helps us out. And as always, be kind to each other take care of each other, put each other first. Remember, it's the small and simple things that we do every day that create strong relationships. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. 
Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advance notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.